anytime the little brother up the road loses a game to a, a school like Kansas in baseball, it just makes me happy, Jacob. Like seeing the fucking Bobhorns lose to the number eight seed in the Big 12 tournament, just it's a 6 3 loss. They're not done yet. They play Kansas State tomorrow, but God, that made me excited. I was so happy to see Texas lose. The thing that kind of pissed me off about Texas headed into their Big 12 championship uh, games. Or tournament. Yeah, yeah is, is the fact that they were co-champions with, what was it, Oklahoma State and someone else. Uh, but that's a, that's a co-championship. Congratulations, you won a regular season title. But there's also two other schools attached to it. That's not a ton to celebrate. But if you looked at them as if they had won the national title, I'm sure they lit the Tower Orange that night for a co-championship. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I, I like uh, what's his name? The Kyle guy that does the like Aggie Fact Tuesdays or whatever. Like, I like that guy. But give it a fucking rest. OK, just <laughs> cut us a break. I don't want to see we won 44 Big 12 championships in women's tennis and a co-championship in baseball. Give it a break. OK, just give me a rest. Give it a rest. Anyway, that's enough about them, but I made me happy today. I saw that loss and I was like, hell yeah, brother. Go oh, Kansas. Every, every time they lose is a win for us, to be honest. Every time they lose to Kansas is like a sweep. Doesn't get better. Boom. Time for an ad. Time to pay the bills. Jacob, it is one of the best places and only places that you can go to support local Texas State athletes, your favorite athletes. It's Elite Sports. They have good NIL deals with some of your athletes that you support every Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday in some cases. So go support them. Jacob, what are some of the uh, athletes that they have over there for us? Well, they just signed Malik Hornsby, so stay tuned for that. But you go to EliteSports.com. They have a whole collection of Texas State athletes you can get behind. That's Ben McClain. That's Michael Budin. That's Austin Smith, Xavier Pettis, Mason Harrell. The list goes on and on, honestly. They just recently signed, as I was saying before, Malik Hornsby. Uh, so get ready for all those uh, gear drops. Uh, it's just an exclusive look. It's a way to give back to the Texas State community, give back to the student athletes directly. EliteSports.com. Use code SQUARE at checkout. Tired of winning the tailgate but losing the games? We can't help that. But we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans, get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Squaring Around. I'm Jacob Rodriguez. That's Andrew Zimmel, the Texas State Sports Press, and we're here to talk about everything Texas State Athletics. Uh, I want to start off first with what happened last weekend at the Sunbelt. You jinxing the softball program. Uh, you know, you know. Don't don't give him a break, folks. Tweet at him. It's your fault. I did not say they were going to lose twice to the same team. <laughs> We almost actually won A&M. We had that game clinched up, and they walked it off on us the first night. That was horrible. I, I did yeah. think they were going to keep Jessica out there for a little bit longer because they ended up bringing her back, you know? But what's the rule? What's the inning that you can't pull them out and then they can't come back in? I think it's like you have to throw five or six. I think it's five, yeah. So yeah, no, that was They were playing it safe. They pulled her out at three. Then uh, Tori McCannon came in, pitched great, uh, kept it close. Jessica came in, closed out the game. 
Texas A&M's freshman of the year, whose first at bat was a home run. <laughs> She's the Chase Mora of softball and um, cranks it. Horrible, horrible. And, and I, Jessica, please come back on the podcast and talk to us in the future. We'd love to. We'd love to have any softball player come on. If you are a softball fan or a player or, or a parent, this is cut early later in the podcast. Jump later. Yeah. She was so confident, Jacob. She was so confident, and she almost they played tricked well. Me. They played well. Well, they bounced. She almost, she almost tricked me into being as confident as she was. Like that's how much confidence was oozing off her. I was like, "Oh hell yeah, brother, we're good to go." And just the to lose to A and M stinks. Now, granted, my little brother, who's an Aggie currently, does not keep up with the softball team as much as I keep up with our Texas State softball team. So this loss came and went in the Zimmel household without any razzing of uh, the older brother. I'm very happy about that. But, man, I was convinced they were going to win, and that would have added to the lore of Mully. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The Mully lore, if she beats A&M after the confidence she had on this podcast and the confidence she had off air with us, this would have been a big, big win for her and the program, but to lose to A and M and to have the season end like this, it was a uh, it was a rough one for me. Uh, that Austin regional is always tough. And if I'm on the softball team, which I'm not, but if I'm the representative of the softball team, I'm going. Hey, uh, we've been to a national game though. Like, when's the last time anybody else has been to the national tournament? So it's a big deal. It's a big deal to be that consistent, especially in the conference that we're in, especially given uh, kind of the mid season slump that they were in. And then, you know, to see them come out of it, uh, fight back, win a game, too. They beat Seton Hall, sent them packing, and then they go up against AM too, and lost. Uh, so there was two real big losers in that. It was us, um, which got third place Seton in Hall. regional. Yeah, Seton Hall is obviously the biggest loser. I'm bored with a pathetic story. It bores me. Get on the ladder. <laughs> but, I never watched that show. Really? It's a good show. show. Jillian Michaels? Jillian Michaels was really mean. That's what I remember. Do you know why they feel this way? Because you have the ability to work out like this. You have the ability to shut up and focus and do the work. But you don't. She's a horrible person. (laughs) She was like, that I think really is like the sparker of like a lot of the fat phobia that occurs in America today. So I'm not a big Jillian Michaels fan. I never watched the show. Well, they sparked that trend. That's like when the... Uh, what's it called? The trainers like gain all the weight and then they start losing it. You know, that's like a TikTok trend now, basically. But you know, yeah, I not guess very healthy. Bulking for some people too. <laughs> like, oh, I'm gonna pretend I'm a good person and act like I'm really there for my clients when, in fact, this is probably just gonna help me down the road. Anyway, enough about the biggest loser. Um, I think I think they did good though. I mean, I, obviously, I wish we won. Obviously, I wish we were advancing. But that Austin Regional is always tough. Texas is almost a, a favorite now to win. Up. Shut up. It, yes, it's always tough. Playing UT and AM is always going to be a rough thing. I want to go back to the beginning of the season when we talked to Coach Woodard. When we talked to Coach Woodard, the confidence level then, I don't remember them being like, we're going to win the conference. I don't remember them saying, like, we're going to go to the World Series. I remember them saying, this is a really young team. This is a team that we're trying to find another ace. All that. So, okay, all of that in the rearview mirror, knowing what we know, was the season a success? Yes. Winning one game at the regional, it was a successful season to you. I think getting to the regional, yeah. 
I agree. I think getting to the regional, but I will bring this up. We never did find that second pitcher. We never um, did. Yeah. Mm, mm. Mm. Tori was supposed also, to that second pitcher. And I don't like Anna Jones good, came up really big too. Good moments consecutively, good moments tied together can lead to a good season. And I think that it was a good season, but good moments alone don't make a good player. And we're still looking for that second ace. And Jessica Gal goes into her final season at Texas State, potentially. I don't think she's going to leave. I think she'll do all four years at Texas State talking to her. Um, Not having that person who's going to, like, take the reins, not having that person as, like, a one-two punch, when everybody else in the conference seems to kind of figure it out and when a lot of the better teams have figured it out, that, to me, makes me nervous going into 2023-24, Jacob. I've been really big on scheduling tweets lately. It's a kind of a time saver for me and I can just do work in advance. It's kind of like sending an email in advance. You know, I don't want to bother people with my <laughs> worries and stuff at three in the morning when I'm up. Uh, so I schedule a lot of things out now. Uh, one thing I totally muffed on, though, was scheduling out a tweet uh, from Sarah Vanderford at Media Day ahead of the tournament. And she was talking about that very issue is that they're a super young team. So getting to the regionals was not only like we need to do this, like it was like basically like for this team to be successful down the road, you guys need to be there. Right. I mean, that's the first thing I said as soon as we lost at a conference tournament. I was like, okay, if we're not going this year, we have to go next year because the nine of us graduating are the only ones who have experienced regionals. So I think especially this year, getting these younger ones, the experience for regionals, you know, kind of takes the pressure off of having to do anything next year. I mean, obviously that's your goal every year. Mm -hmm. That's what you play for, but it's, I think it's good that we got it this year. So that way next year, like everyone's coming back. We, I think we had five, but everyone will be experienced. So, I mean, we know what it takes. We are going to have to change some things, but we're going to go. So I think it'll be huge for us and just with the experience piece. And so that was like crunch time for them. That's why it was so uh, like a good like moral victory that they sent Seton Hall packing, even though obviously uh, people were also like taking it as like a fringe favorite to win. They're like, don't count the pirates out. Seton Hall to win the conference? Yeah, well, the, or to win that, the the region? Yeah. Who was saying that? Some weird guys on Twitter, but you know we won't Seton get into Hall it. fans might have been saying that. <laughs> the right, <laughs> but I'm saying like if you look at the the Seton hauling around, yeah. Yeah, their podcast was saying that they were going to win the re- no. Well, that's that's a dumb, that's an awful take. If you looked at who was in that, if you looked at who was in that, Seton Hall was clearly the fourth best team in that region. If you thought they were going to win the region, like that's a that's a wild dark horse pick. If if we Texas only had State, played Texas in that second game, I think Texas would have been a lot State, interesting. So <laughs> Seton Hall would have beat. Number what six ranked Texas, and we got to play. Yeah, okay, yeah, wishful thinking, maybe. I don't know, man. You know I how think good that... UT was playing too. Oh, it's ridiculous. I, I was telling you too. They played Seton Hall first because it's one v four, right? Um, and I think their pitching, their pitcher, excuse me, was only in the circle for fifteen minutes the entire game. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. And, and you know it's you know it's crazy because we started the podcast kind of crapping on Texas. Uh, Jacob very much hates the University of Texas. That's like his number one rival. I I think that he hates UT more than anybody else. Uh, The fact that we were sending each other softball highlights from the the UT win against Seton Hall being like, holy shit, are you seeing this? Kind of tells you all you need to know about that softball program, that we 
over here on Squaring Around, the number one for Capital J Journalism and uh, Fair and Balanced News. They're really good. <laughs> They're I was really like, good. we need so, we need this after a, an extra innings walk off. So who do you root for now? Do you keep up with softball now as Texas State's out? Okay, so you're done. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm a big team guy. I don't care. I know Tom Madden's favoring the Cajuns now since they had that win over LSU in dramatic fashion. You're welcome. Me yeah. and Tom like that. You, you and Tom linked up for sure. Uh-huh, for uh, sure. So y'all big sun got, sunbelt guys, congratulations. Uh, yeah, I, I, if somebody wins, it's ultimately better for the league in the end. So good for everybody. And it adds it adds conversations because, you know, say, say the Cajuns do win, God forbid – uh, that's what you root for. You root for them to do well, and then when they're like but in that, like, them. yeah, until they're in like a chance to win the whole thing, then you're like, oh, hold on, no, 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 don't need them winning the whole thing. Just upset some teams, beat LSU. That's great. Don't win the whole thing. Uh-huh. Coastal, coastal's the same way. Coastal baseball. We'll talk about the baseball team here in a moment. Coastal baseball has a chance here, I think, to make something happen, go on a little bit of a run. If they they're in the World Series, I'm rooting for whoever they're playing. <laughs> I'm rooting for, I do not need the shot to clear as winning a national championship. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, especially in baseball too, some of these rivalries are getting really kind of testy in the Sun Belt because all these teams are playing really close. They're at they're it's a mid major you know program, but also like these guys are beating ranked teams all the time. So. Well, and I want to slip this in here. I want to slip this in here, and then we can move on. But the coaches for basketball, I want to say, got together this past week, and they are starting to talk about, like, hey, you need to start recruit or uh, start scheduling better people. No more cupcakes. Everybody has to, like, recruit better, you know, get a better schedule together because they want to make sure that the schedules are as competitive as humanly possible. So when it comes to, like, an at-large bid for these type of things, that, like, the Sun Belt can get a better bid or maybe multiple bids uh, versus like, you know, the ACC gets 15 freaking teams into the tournament every year. You know, so. about damn time they talk about that <laughs> because what the hell is going on? We played a team who none of us even knew that team existed this year. The University of the Arts and Sciences, obviously the team of Mason Harrell's brother, which is perfect if we didn't have to explain that entire thing in the first place. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. No, the, allegedly, again, I, I saw this um, from our girl Kara at uh, Arkansas State. She's talking about how, like, we're at the point now as a conference, we're kind of in, you know, deciding, hey, do we want to be a serious basketball conference or not? Football's legit. Basketball's legit. Or women's basketball's legit, I should say. Baseball's legit. Uh, can we make sure that the men's basketball side of things are a little bit, a little bit tighter, a little bit cleaner? And I, I think that that's the plan going forward. So, Piggybacking off of that, baseball, really competitive across the board. These these conferences, uh, the conference rivalries are getting a little bit more, a little testy. I'll say, too, I was talking to you about this off air. From the conference perspective, uh, softball, uh, I was looking for all those sound bites. I wanted to see the players and coaches. Didn't see anything. So baseball's doing it. Uh, basketball's doing it, both men's and women's. What's the deal? It's not that hard. Yeah. Got to, got to get the calm guy on it, man. Just get that iPod out there and start recording these interviews. Not that it literally difficult. just looks like this, like you and me on Zoom. That's a, that's all it is. So you know. I, I like to think ours is a little bit more high tech than that, but that's oh, fine. Yeah. So let's talk baseball, Zimmy. Big game happening tonight. As a matter of fact, I'm editing this right now as they're playing. Probably watching it off to the side. Every time that it gets a little scary for me, I'm gonna put that clip of the monkey clapping the symbols from The Simpsons. <laughs> 
We'll see how scary it gets at the end of the night. Uh, but rest assured, your boys on squaring around, recovering it. Panic level? At the moment, Zimmel. What do you think? Eh, I'm not that panic. I feel pretty good talking to Chase. He feels pretty confident. The only thing that kind of has upset me is that the fact that Alabama is a river walk. I thought San Antonio had like a trademark type of deal. I think we need to talk to the mayor about that. What do you mean other places can... uh? Oh, what are you pulling up here? We're not scared of anything. We're from Texas. Slam Marcus. Okay. Jacob showed off the Slam Marcus shirt. He's not scared of anything. So you are zero as well. Um, I don't know. We got to talk to Chase, which has sometimes been our ace in the hole in games. Obviously, we, we said it to himself. When you're winning four games, it doesn't really matter what the rest of the team does as long as you hit four home runs in a game. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. But I think at the beginning of the season, you and I had talked about this too is the, the cardiac cats, as we like to call them, and Slam Marcos as a whole has sometimes been a detriment to this team because we're looking for those long balls. We're looking for those those easy outs. And that's not really how baseball is played, especially against a team who has stolen the third most bases in all of college baseball. That's crazy. We, we've sold the third most bases? No. The Raging Cajuns. That's what I thought. Okay, I was like, I saw us on the base pass. I'm like, that would be real surprising. No, I, I get where you're coming from. Um, Coastal's, I'm just, I'm, I think about it, and I go, to, I say to myself, I'm like, the pitching, it never really came. You know what I mean? And like, when you lose like the number one closer in the country, like that is always going to be a really tough shoes to fill. But I never, never really saw it. The, the pitching kind of coming together what do you think is that going to be the thing that holds us back um i don't know i i like uh some guys in the bullpen too like i know we can close games cam bush uh jack strout jack strout there was absolute gas uh he was the starter for a while it kind of flipped around some days and he was a tuesday starter thursday starter sometimes um but he throws great uh i think he pitched like seven or something at utsa I was like, dang, this is potentially a guy working his way up onto the weekend list. Um, but he pitches great. I don't know. I think in the right moments, we're good. I th- always think Trout's first game, the way he stacks it and his lineup is exactly what it needed to be. So I'm really looking forward to what he's pitching tonight. What, well, who's there throwing tonight? Because that'll be a really big indicator for the rest of the week, obviously. It's double well, elimination. Duh, yeah, but so, so you, think tonight, he's pretty, you think he's a pretty good game one manager, but you don't think he's a very good game two manager? Uh, I don't know, because if uh, let's say they throw a big stinker tonight, they might just pull Levi or whoever their best pitcher is up yeah. that night. I mean, it's obviously going to be Levi. Same thing as so just do you think it's tonight a must win. I know we're recording this and things will be changing and all that type of good stuff. But like, do you think this is a must win tonight? I think, well, if we win this one, I think our next opponent we would play is like Southern or something. Right. So and they're damn good, too. Yeah. So it's like either way, we're kind of screwed. Because we're going to come up against either Southern or Coastal somewhere along this whole way because they're just going to fly through everybody. I like where you're coming from with this. I think the Trout is a – I think last year he was a better in-game manager. I thought the thing – he moved around. I think he had more options last year too. That's where I'm coming from. I think he had more options last year. I think he's kind of working with – I'm not saying one hand tied behind the back, but I do think he's got a couple broken fingers here. When, he, when we talk about, like, working the pottery, working the clay. So I I think that tonight is a must win because I think that you, you can't go into the rest of this weekend with a loss already on, on you. you you got to come out of this one clean so that if 
say you do lose to Southern, you you still have a little bit of life. Um, but yeah, man, it's a uh, this conference is really good. The the expectation to go back to the super regions, go back to you know playing the Stanfords of the world, playing the UCLA's of the world, brother. I hope that we get there, but right now I'm not feeling like that's where this team is destined to go. I feel like this team is. You know who's due, though? Jose Gonzalez. Chase Moore was talking about it. He's due. He's going to come up big, I think. Uh, He's had a really great senior day. Team uh, shut out ULM ahead of this, too. So I think that was a good get-back game after Trout also got tossed at TCU, which is his alma mater. Uh, A lot of feelings are had about that online. But... Ah, uh, I don't know. I, I from, think... te- from Texas State fans? Texas State fans weren't happy they get tossed? Mm-hmm. Why? Because they didn't it, think that it was a good toss, or did they it, think it was the worth? world's quietest toss-out? Did you see it online? Yeah, okay, so people were upset that he got tossed. They thought he should have got tossed for more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if he gotcha. had made a scene. But that's not really his style. He's a pretty reserved dude, you know? He's pretty chill. Yeah, I think mean, the way he was talking to us was super chill. No, I, I get it. I get where you're coming from with that. Uh, Denver Nuggets head coach Mike Malone just straight up game four said fuck you to the ref and <laughs> I think that's he got a technical foul for it and I think that sometimes as a head coach that's kind of what you got to do just start it early be like hey ref I ump you you call all the game that we did earlier this year you mess it up just f you man and uh that sometimes that that is what happens so I, I, I mean, if you're gonna get tossed, might as well just tell off. The it, yeah, yeah, make a yeah, scene, yeah. You know, as long as you don't get fined or anything, get your money's worth. And I, did he get fined, Mister Bag Watcher, Mister Pocket sure. Watcher? Uh, people were asking me online again. I couldn't really check because the Big Twelve blocked me out from their media access. Uh, totally not intentional, I'm sure, but uh, I didn't. Oh, have I'm, that. I'm I sure. Have code. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny because I am like technically I daylight or at night. What is what would it be? You moonlight. I moonlight. I moonlight as a TCU reporter. <laughs> so this is always cracks me up. That Shout like out that Hypnotoad. To you. Huh? Shout out Hypnotoad. <laughs> Hypnotoad podcast. Go subscribe. Harlan College Sports Podcast Network. <laughs> Get those reviews and likes up, boys. So, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I, in a double elimination game, you really don't want to lose the first one because that makes the every other game you play super necessary to win. So you want to go in tonight putting the pressure on one of the better teams in the conference immediately. 100%, yeah. no. And if, if our team is as hot as they say we are, we should have no issue. Because <laughs> if you look at it, the Raging Cajuns need stolen bases to win. They don't have the bigger bats. So two things. We're standing them next to them in the urinal. They're looking over. I'm just saying. When a team tells you that they're hot and they win, you're like, damn, these guys are really confident. When a team tells you that they're hot and they lose, they're wrong. And here's the thing. I don't think this team is very hot. I think I don't think beating ULM is like that big of a like feather in the cap. So to be like, oh yeah, we we're we're really coming back on our own. I'm like, okay. If you if Good we luck. Had, I hope would that have been better for you because we lost the uh-huh. uh, second game to them right uh, so if we had swept them outright would that have been a better temperature gauge you uh, is sweeping ULM doesn't do anything for me beating TCU would <laughs> you yeah, know what that, I mean that game got ugly too I was too busy celebrating Wimbenyama I think we talked about this last week on the ROF yeah we were a little busy celebrating Wimbenyama 
you and me literally call each other in tears last week. <laughs> yeah, no, for, for those of you that don't know, Jacob and I, big Spurs fans. Um, Jacob, a little smaller Spurs fan than me in stature. But no, we were like very excited through the, through the moon. One of the only things that San Antonio has that we root for is the Spurs. So when they get stolen by Austin, hey, I'm all in, baby. Let's go. <laughs> They're going to have to make a new stadium or just let them play at Q2, though. They don't have anywhere as big, you know, since they're taking out taking out the Irwin Center. I'll tell you what, brother. Listen to this shit. That's when, Binyama, when Binyama comes to town, all of a sudden we play 40 games in the Alma Dome, baby. Every game is a $60,000 or 60-man sellout. I did agree with Taylor that it shouldn't be those last season games. It should be something early or something mid, uh, maybe during like the rodeo run when they are out of season or out of town for two or three weeks, you know? Well, I don't know why you have the rodeo run at all. If you can play the games at the Alamo dome, just find a way to schedule really good opponents, Dallas, golden state, whatever. I don't want to talk about San Antonio Spurs. I do want to talk about wrapping up the baseball deal right here. Mm -hmm. So like expectations, again, games happening as we're recording. I watch it. Or before, before we game has not happened yet as we were recording this podcast expectations next week we talk and we say baseball did blank if we get shut out tonight we're fucked <laughs> like that's point blank simple because that's the only thing we have going into this game is that people are afraid of our bats so if we get shut out tonight that's such a bad litmus test for this okay all right If we don't, hey, yo, what's up, cats? I'll be watching, though, regardless. Monkey, monkey. Uh, Texas State broke ground this week on the end zone complex, what they're calling the Football Performance Center, soon to be named after two alums who donated $4 million earlier. This was announced earlier in March. Wasn't us. It was not us. It wasn't us. Surprisingly, uh, but, you know, me and Zuma wanted a new boat. Uh, you know, obviously Alyssa wants some money from this podcast now. Getting a little bit too big for my britches. <laughs> Our brand manager's asking for where the paychecks are coming from. Look, I get it. Yeah. The uh the SS Boco just needs to needs to set sail out of the port. No. All right. I got a I got a question. Well, before that, Zimmel, I have a four minute thing that I'm gonna insert here that explains everything that you missed. <laughs> So we've got, you can see, we have a beautiful football stadium. I would put this stadium against any team in our conference. Uh, I believe now with this groundbreaking and what we're doing here, we're going to make this facility even better. I think we're going to have the top uh, football performance center in our conference. Um, I can tell you this project is going to completely transform the way our student athletes operate and their athletic experience here. We're going to add a massive, and you see all the beautiful uh, Beautiful images here on our video board. We're going to add a massive 8,000 square foot weight room, which is going to come out all the way to the end zone. It's going to be where we're standing right here. We're adding a new training room, which is going to be almost twice the size of our current training room. It's going to have hydrotherapy tubs. We've got new team meeting space for all of our different position groups. For example, we're going to have a defensive back room. We're going to have a linebacker room. We're going to have an offensive line room. We've got several unique hospitality elements that are going to be a part of this project, including an awesome 
rooftop patio that's going to be on top of our weight room here, which we're so excited. We had the cat's garden, and we're going to take the cat's garden elements and elevate it and put it on top of this weight room for everybody to stand and hang out and overlook the, uh, the football team on game days. Um, we've also uh, have this building designed to add a third floor hospitality space above our Warren room behind me. And then we would like to connect our concourses here with the south end zone as well. So very excited about um, what this project's going to do for us. I can tell you from a student athlete experience, it's going to make us more efficient. Uh, it's going to improve our recruiting. This will be the very first building that we bring all of our recruits in to show off just how great Texas State is. I can tell you in the world of the transfer portal, it's great to have a building like this because this is going to help us with retention. It's going to allow us to keep more of our student athletes here. It's going to allow our student athletes to get treated quicker. They're going to be able to work out in larger groups, and they're going to be able to spend more time with their coaches and their specific position groups with the right technology in these team meeting rooms that they need. And again, I will tell you, this is, uh, this is a really important part of what we need to do to turn our football program around and win more games. This groundbreaking ceremony is just the beginning. We need to do more, and, uh, and we're going to continue to raise funds to complete all the phases of this facility and start our other future projects as well. It goes without saying, I'm super excited about this fall semester. Uh, about We'll be welcoming the largest freshman class in uh, Texas State history. It sh uh, shouldn't come to surprise to any of you who've been listening to me for the past little while, but we have 42,000 high school seniors have applied to attend here. High school seniors in the state of Texas have applied to come here in the fall. We'll have a record-sized freshman class. We're excited about that. And I will be telling them that there's a whole section over there with their name on it. they got six Saturdays in the fall semester to make memories that will last a lifetime. And I'm excited about the coaching staff we brought in here, the players that they're bringing in here as well, because we also want to fill up this side of the stadium and that side of the stadium as well. Exciting. Um, I want to start by uh, thanking Johnny and Natalie Weissman, Bo and Darlene Trevilian, Scott Emerson, and every one of the Bobcat fans who supported this project so far. I've said this before, and, and after being here for five months, I believe it any more, uh, even more. If the right person got this job with the right levels of support from campus and administration, you better watch out. We have hosted hundreds of recruits and their families in my first five months on the job, and they see what a great facility we have right now. But with this new end zone complex, it will make our pitch to the next generation of Bobcats even stronger. We will have a complete facility that will make people say, wow. We will have a weight room that rivals some of the top programs in the country and create better scheduling for our student athletes. We will have more meeting spaces and ability for our team to build a strong culture. Everywhere our, our current and future Bobcats will go, their complete experience as a student athlete will be improved, which translates to the field and the next stage of their lives. Today's groundbreaking is the beginning. Thank you all for getting us here. Now let's go to work. Do you care about this? Like legitimately as a fan, like I understand like as an older fan or somebody who had to deal with like Texas State with bats and like, you know, when Southwest was the beginning of the name and you had to explain to people that you go to directional school. Like for those fans, I get it. This is a huge deal. But for you, Jake Rodriguez, do you care about this? Like, is this something that you like gets you gets you giddy? This is like when Texas unveiled that uterus thing at their zone complex, you know, uh, in the shape of the Longhorn. Obviously, yeah. is what I'm talking about. Um, but it expanded their thing. Also, right now in the Texas legislature is a bill that uh, says that UT can make a scoreboard that can now cast a shadow over the Capitol. I don't know if that's going to get passed or not. 
Uh, but it's no, the same it law that exists in San Antonio. Shouldn't get passed. Shouldn't get passed. Veto that. Don't let that happen. Don't <laughs> let that happen. Yeah, I feel. I, feel I want very all the Aggies. I want all the Red Raiders who are Texas State senators and st- Texas State uh, representatives to just shut this down, man. Shut that down. Don't <laughs> let that happen, down, man. Because if this was in Fort Worth, the same fe- freaking people would be shutting that down too. And the same thing, yeah, in Antonio. Brother. The same thing everywhere else. So don't let those Austinites get away with shit. Don't let them get away with this. Uh, very strong anti-UT podcast today. Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry, everybody on the Republican Football Network. No beef with y'all. Just your institution as a whole. That's a that's a tease. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, look, I care about this. I think that's going to be really cool. I am more worried about what's happening on the field. I've always been more worried about what's not happening on the field than the facilities or anything else like that. I understand better facilities brings better recruits. However, tell a 16-year-old that we're getting a new end zone complex. See how much like they care. They don't. They want the cool uniforms. They want to win games. They want a head coach that's going to make sure that the Powerade jugs are full. Those are the things that they care about. So for me, as somebody who's like a little bit younger, I'm like, eh, cool. You know, this is great. When I'm older and I have kids that are going to Texas State and I can go party in the end zone complex as a 40-year-old guy, I'm going to be ecstatic. But this isn't for my demographic, so I don't really – it doesn't jazz me up, but I get why people care. It's like the when the Castro Club got unveiled. The exact same thing, you know, at, the, at Strand. Remember that? Oh, I thought you meant something completely – you said Castro Clip, and I was like, what the hell is this guy talking oh, Castro about? Castro Club, I'm sorry. Got you, got you. Yeah. I thought you meant like – I don't even like Castro. Yeah, I was like, what the <laughs> hell is this guy talked about here? No, I'm not talking about Castro on this podcast. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, proud, proud Cuban American Jacob Rodriguez. I'm not a Cuban American, first of all. <laughs> Mexican American. Mexican, honestly. That's what I put on all my things. Anyway, um, I think it's good ultimately. Like, we're talking about the college football arms race, and that's kind of what Don was alluding to in mm-hmm. that clip I played earlier. Is this is gonna help us in the long run, you know? People are going to see that we're throwing money at this because money talks and bullshit walks. If we walk in with the same stuff that we had when David Bailiff was still the coach over here, people are going to ask some tough questions. Like, hey, why do you know the exact layout of this entire building, <laughs> even though 15 years have passed? So let me so let's wrap it up on this. Famously, Bobcat Stadium is a horseshoe. <laughs> do we close the horseshoe? That's is ultimately that like- what they want to do. Okay. Is create right. those like connections for the concourse. I think that's a great idea. I think that closing it up would be a good idea. I I am gonna miss a horseshoe. I'm gonna very I'm gonna feel bad that we never won anything of significance, did not do anything. Well, let me rephrase that. We did not do anything of significance in the FBS era to fill and pack that stadium the way that it should have been packed when it was a horseshoe. Because there's nothing better, in my opinion, than having a horseshoe stadium and a really damn good football field or football team on the field. Um, there's only look in our lives, Jacob, there's like twice that that place actually got sold out. You know what I mean? So that kind of stinks. You know what I mean? Like, I, I wish that we were doing a better job putting fans in the stadium when it's a horseshoe. I had no like when I came to Texas State, I had no real like, uh, I guess, barometer for like college football engagedness. You know, my parents had always been like, ah, the teams weren't that good when I was there. And I was like, oh, whatever. They just got a new coach. You know, obviously things will be good. Um, the freshmen always go to the Bobcat Stadium as part of their uh, whatever week. That Brainwashing. Yeah. Institutionalization. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you 
fill the stadium and stuff. You hang out, you take a couple pictures and stuff. DJ Kenny probably will give a speech or two. And um, I was like, wow, this is going to be great. And then I go as a fan, not even as a journalist yet. And I'm like disappointed the entire time because there's nobody there. What was the first and, game you went to? And not only that, I go to, I, I went to, I think, every single home game as a freshman, as a student. So the Houston game was our freshman year. No, it wasn't. And that was great. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, was, that was good a... for the first quarter until Houston. Well, the the environment off. was really good, too. That's what I'm thinking more of. The environment was really good. And it, that was the only time in my recollection that it was, like, sold out and it was packed. And I get it. Houston was nationally ranked and everything else. But, like, imagine a Saturday and it's App State coming into town, and it's like that. You know what I mean? Or imagine it's Troy, and it's a rivalry game, you know? And that there's nothing better than having the Horseshoe Stadium when you, you do that. When it's a coliseum, when it finally closes up, it takes a little bit of that college football feel away from me. I don't know why. It just kind of does. Um, so, yeah, that's to wrap up on the, our construction, Bob the Builder, Don the Builder, building Don it. Builder. If he gets this done, like – if he gets the end zone complex done and it looks really good, can we bury some of this Denise Trout, the builder crap that you, you pedal on this podcast? I'll say it too. She's also donating a bunch of stuff on uh, Cat Funder. You know, that's the university's new way to donate to stuff basically all the time. It's Is basically their, pens? their version of GoFundMe. But a bunch of these causes you'll look up, and she's probably one of the first people that have donated $1,000 or more. Wow. Denise, deep pockets. That's where Jacob gets it from. Can you tell I have been a little knee deep in the weeds since the regents are in town in San Marcos, actually. The Texas State University System regents are voting on a bunch of things. A few things actually impact the athletics department, one of them being they're hiring a search firm to look up a corporate sponsorship. I think that is either slated towards football, maybe. I don't call know. Call us. I'll, I'll, shit, I'll call some CEOs. <laughs> Yeah. So they're hiring uh, independent sports entertainment, which sounds like a fake company, uh, but I assure you it's real. ISE. And then the other thing, I think they're officially canceling the Liberty game. $250,000 goes to the cats for doing nothing. Shout out Liberty. And yeah, the welfare state that college sports has become. <laughs> and what else? Uh, honestly, everything else is like kind of fodder. Yeah. Those are the big things. Oh, Kelly Danfus is actually uh, asking the regents for permission to name the stadium after those two alums I was talking about earlier. Name the stadium or name the end zone complex? The end zone complex. I'm sorry. You're right. And this is like the hero level of like commitment to the university athletics department is what they're calling it. So it's Johnny and Nathalie Wiseman. Nathalie Wiseman was like a two sport athlete. Um the second sport was for sure track. I'm not sure what the first sport was. What do they do now where they have $4 million to give away? I don't know. But if you need an assistant, better call Jacob. How's it going? Yeah. There you go. So, yeah. Shout out. Uh, that's going to be like a motion that they do after the meeting to basically add it to new business for the next Regents meeting to officially name it since they went from anonymous donors to now public donors. So shout out the Wisemans, bro, because I don't have that money. So thank you for stepping up. Got that bread. How many free T-shirts do they get with that donation? I imagine every time they go somewhere, whatever is available, they get. You know what I mean? Like when you give that much amount of money, it's like you want a coffee cup, you want some pens, want a T-shirt, you want to whatever we have on deal for it. You want a ball? Here's a ball. You know, I, I, when you get to that level of like 
giving, which we're going to get to at some point, uh, you just show up and they give you stuff. Like, technically, they're kind of doing that right now for us. <laughs> hey, you never know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sprinkle <laughs> that in there a little bit. I got the shirt right there. Alumni, yeah, baby. Alumni over the nipples. Moving on. I want to talk a little bit about some beef brewing in the college football sphere. And it, it impacts someone very near and dear to our heart. Someone our viewers are very familiar with. Mike Craven. <laughs> Mike Craven. Our, co- our cohort. Our, co- our co-worker. Shout out Mike Craven, who created uh, was uh, him and Ish and, you know, the 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 great elders at Dave Campbell's Texas football who created the Republic of Football podcast. Our employers. Our employers. Uh and Colton McWilliams, the San Marcos Daily Record. See, that's what you wanted to go to. Near and dear to our heart, college football insider Colton McWilliams, or Texas State insider Colton McWilliams. Uh, yeah, Colton, man, you set it up, and I have, I'll have. i give you my thoughts. Okay, so this is from Colton again. Uh, this is just a tweet that he has out today. I really enjoy Craven Mike writing, but I'm going to push back on this one statement. It is wildly disrespectful to call the I-35 rivalry matchups where one program sees it as more of a rivalry than the other can be scary for the favorite because Texas State UTSA is not one-sided. That's Colton obviously referring to the I-35 rivalry between Texas State and UTSA uh, that's had four games, all of them losses to UTSA. And Colton saying that uh, Craven's wrong, that Craven said that UTSA doesn't really care about this because what do they have to gain? From beating Texas State, they've already done it. They've proven themselves. This is a like not even a must win. This is like they're gonna win. Like I don't even think you can bet on most of these games on uh, public betting platforms because the spread is so high at this point. One time I did bet, and it was a twenty-eight point spread in favor of UTSA. That was when they came to Texas State and beat us by like thirty uh, with Davenport at a defensive end. So yeah, that's here's the thing. I like where Colton's head's at. I like the idea. But UTSA's rivalry with UNT is more potent than their rivalry with Texas State. They're in the conference. They play each other. UNT consistently has a competitive team. UTSA is really on the rise. I told you when we were doing the podcast in December, I could not drive anywhere. I live in North the freaking Coda, and I would be listening to Sports Talk Radio. And nationally... It was Jeff Trailer all the time on Sundays after UTSA wins. I this in the state of Texas, it kind of gets like overshadowed with Jimbo Fisher and Sarkeesian and all these other things. On the national level, when you talk about college football, UTSA was top ten storyline, what they were doing. So he's right. Craven's right. Now, you gotta you gotta give the other fact here, Jacob. That it's not just a guy who doesn't have any connections with anything. Give give the full story here. Well, Craven's uh, dad, I believe, was the doctor at UT. So Craven grew up in the locker room. I don't care about that. And ultimately, oh. he went to UTSA. So Craven yes. is a roadrunner by trade, by, <laughs> by education. And Colton is a bobcat. bobcat. And everybody that was arguing with Craven is a... Bobcat or so, Bob Horn most times. Do we? Do we? <laughs> yeah, right. There's a lot of people that argue with them, but yeah. Uh, today was the Bobcat, the Bobcat fan base. Mm-hmm. I have told you guys a thousand times. 
that I will give you the truth before I try to sugarcoat anything. I'm, this is a podcast that doesn't hold back. We're not going to, you know, oh, yeah, Bobcats all the time. Like, we're going to tell you the truth here. You guys are wrong. You're you're wrong if you think that Craven is wrong because he's right. Because for UTSA fans, Jacob, you live in San Antonio. I lived in San Antonio. Texas State really is in front of mind. It's not a, like, let's think about what Texas State's doing. Texas State is essentially the little brother. Texas State essentially is the one that thinks about UTSA a lot more. And I love Tom, and I love you, and we we joke about UTSA all the time on this podcast. But don't get it twisted. UTSA does not think about us like that for football. And that's the thing that matters most. Now, basketball and baseball, yeah, sure. I think that baseball fans at UTSA probably don't love Texas State baseball. And I think basketball fans at UTSA probably don't have a very high regard of TJ and uh, the basketball team. But for football, I'm going to be honest. I don't think Jeff Trailer cares. I think that GJ taking over this job from UIW, I think that he he likes that. I think that he's like, okay, cool. UIW is not going to be a competitive recruiting issue for me in the state of Texas or in the city of San Antonio. But look at where Trailer's recruiting. It's not just the city of San Antonio anymore. He's going out. He's getting the Metroplex. He's getting West Texas. He's getting East Texas. He's getting guys from all over the state and a couple of other surrounding states too. He's not afraid to go out. Whereas Texas state primarily, when we talk about these recruits, they're either guys who are coming from SEC schools. When you talk about quarterbacks or we're looking at the Metroplex or Houston or San Antonio or Austin, right? Like that's where we're getting our in-state guys. Jeff Chandler doesn't care. UTSA does not care about Texas state. So I want them to care. That's why I, I care so much. I want them to have like issue with us. I want them to be like, I can't believe that they got that commit that we wanted that defensive end or we wanted that wide receiver. But currently that's not the case. I'll say too, like if I'm Jeff trailer, just scrolling through my phone, looking at headlines from across college football, uh, the only very scary recruit that GJ got was TJ Finley. That's kind of like the, what the fuck? You know, like you stop. Everybody stopped. It blew up the internet for a day. That was our nah, day. It blew up our internet for a day. Auburn Wire was writing about it. You know. Well, it's their guy. Yeah. But like, let's be honest. It's not that didn't. I don't think that that got anybody. I think that got people in the Sun Belt to care. I think I got Texas State fans to care. Auburn fans clearly cared. UTSA fans. That's that's the third thing on their plate. I want you. I'll say too, Zimmel. The trailer stuff too has coincided with the spurs tankage at just the right moment so now that the spurs and i know we don't want to talk about the spurs for too long on this podcast because it's all about the bobcats but i'd be kind of remiss as a san antonio journalist to not talk about this it's kind of all led whoop perfectly like that's why utsa is the hottest ticket in town people know that they're going to go win i've said it before san antonio loves winners that's why nobody really wanted to go to the brahmas games because heinz ward couldn't get it together uh, now San Antonio Spurs, who, by the way, broke the single season record for fans in a game at the Alamo Dome, which nobody could really see because the Alamo Dome is a horrible venue that's built forever ago. Uh, you know, the court's this big and you're looking at it from way over here. Uh, kind of tough to enjoy. But they were there because they wanted to be part of history and because San Antonio loves its Spurs. Enter Victor Wimbanyama, the hottest ticket in town, so a lot better. So you think that Jeff Trailer will leave UTSA because Victor Wembanyama is coming to San Antonio? Nah, I think UTSA. No, cut, already... clip this, clip this, clip uh-huh. this. I think Let's it makes do it. it a little tougher though, for sure. Because set see, it up. I got something else to do now. Clip this. 
Jacob Rodriguez says Jeff Trailer leaves San Antonio because Victor Wembanyama is joining the Spurs because San Antonio likes winners. Spurs are going to win. UTSA is going to go in the back to the back seat. I like where your head's at, Jacob. I love where your head's at. Well, even Pop has said that he's not expecting to win outright. I but I oh, like this. Com- I, this is a. This is a Zimmel conspiracy theory. This is Zimmel level content creation right here, buddy. I love that. That's a I've been good talking take. to you a lot. So this is that's a good that's a good take. I I, I co-signed this that. take beforehand. So huh? this is all me vetting stuff, not even vetting stuff through you, going stuff to telling my coworkers this information. Really? Yeah. You've been you've been you've been workshopping that take. I like it. I, have, I like that I have, take. I have, I have. I have. Well, like they essentially take. nerfed UIW too. They took away GJ. They took away a bunch of players from them. So you know, yeah. Not okay. saying they were packing the stands at UIW by any means, but you know, they had uh, sports fans. I guess had a few things to pick from. One was going to see the Spurs tank live in person and seeing every other player that came into town, or you can go to UTSA, get drunk, and watch the team win. What's more fun? How many people are go to those games? Um, a lot of people go to the games. I'll say I, I think our tailgate atmosphere is better. I haven't been out to the Alamo Dome parking lot. Uh, it does get pretty, uh, pretty rowdy, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, I, I just the, the stadium is huge, and I saw one of the greatest college football games of the 21st century there, TCU in Oregon, and there still was empty seats. So I can't imagine UTSA playing SMU on a random Saturday like packs the stands you know what i mean so i'm just i I was curious yeah i don't because even when we played them like there's a lot of san antonio alums at texas state in san antonio area right texas state alums in san antonio actually that's one of the more active alumni chapters too but uh still really wasn't that packed when we were over there so the alumni chapter in north dakota it's it's we're doing numbers up here yeah i mean 100 percent engagement from you so it's pretty good <laughs> uh yeah i would never go against craven though on twitter that's uh that's a tough battle because craven has receipts he has takes built in ready to go we're shills for dave campbell man yeah long live craven uh oh i had some texas state headlines to get through i'm gonna breeze through these everybody okay uh texas state lost an assistant coach robert guster he's headed off to new mexico state he was with coach uh or texas state as a whole also, this is the most, the worst clip job I've ever seen in my entire life. Do you see this? They like, they like pen tooled all around his head from his Twitter avi. Ooh, yeah, that's a rough one. That's a rough cut. I guess shout out for making a graphic, but maybe don't make it if it looks like that. Uh, he was with Texas State for seven years, and I think he's, you know, trying to get a new coaching job. Like a head coaching job in the future, good time to make a move. Also, you know, we're in a Discord chat with a bunch of Texas State fans. Their reaction, well, I mean, it's a better basketball program. And you just said earlier, too, the Sunbelt Conference is telling coaches, hey, get serious about this scheduling shit, man. Yeah, no, they they really are. They said, hey, we need you to do that. Do a little bit more so that, like, when you get a win, your net rating goes up, you know? Whereas if you're playing, you know, school of the blind and deaf, like, you know, you're not doing a whole lot. When the hell was the last time we've been ranked basketball side? For the Sunbelt? For us. Oh, Texas State, 1997, maybe? Yeah, like. I don't think we've ever, I don't think, uh, I don't think we ever cracked the top 25. 
not in the modern era for sure. Georgia State, I don't even know if they have. They got a pretty good program. I watch you. Zimmel, we're national champions, buddy. Get the banner out. Golf. Ooh. Golf, baby. And this is a team you know, we were kind of hard on at the beginning of the year. They won the National Golf Invitational Tournament, which is essentially the NIT tournament for the men's golf teams who do not uh, make the NCAA tournament. Hang the banner. Hang the banner. Hang the banner. Hang All right. Elite Sports, this is on you guys. Print the T-shirts, my guys. Print the freaking T-shirts. <laughs> Put the logo squaring around. National champs. Golf, get the logo going. Booking agent, get me a golfer. All right, that's your job now. Hashtag national champs. Hung a banner before. Hung a banner before who? Men's basketball, women's basketball. Marcelo Garza, baseball was the best scorer on that one. He saw. Get him on the podcast. Bring him on here. We can. You know what? (laughs) We'll finally put a rest to our our golf debate that we have every week. And you know where he's from? Nuevo Laredo, Tamaulipas, hey. Mexico, bro. Damn. This guy feels like he's a perfect like intersection of this podcast. You think so? Yeah, I think so. So we can finally end our golf debate. <laughs> and this is the last thing I want to talk about, also related to baseball. I, want you. I think there's a little bit of snubbage in those end-of-season awards, you know? Texas State obviously didn't have the greatest year. Uh, but to only have Levi on that second uh, Sunbelt team, kind of a snub to me. So you think Mora should have been there, don't you? I think uh, Mora or Ben McLean. Uh, I, I think you could argue that Dalen had a really good year too, but, you know. No. Did Mora get any freshman honors? No. See, now that's that's a problem. Because he should have been either in the he running for freshman. Out for the dude from Coastal, who's on defense. Yeah, that makes sense. But sixteen home runs, no sir, no sir, he did not. I would have, I would have gotten more uh, for that starting second baseman spot. But he basically took out our entire team every single day we played Coastal. So yeah. I don't know, a little bit of snubbage. But even like looking at the the Sunbelt Conference awards for softball, like it was only Jessica that got any honors. So. Pitcher for pitcher, basically on both. They teams. went well. They went. I think that it went a couple years ago. They gave Texas State too many awards, if that's fair. Like we got, we got a little bit too much credit sometimes. And now I think that it went the other way. The pendulum swung back. I was surprised we had so many Sun Belt honors on the football side too. I went back and kind of went through. We had wide receivers, kind of get some yeah. a lot of skill positions, get a lot of love. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Shocking. No offensive lineman ever got love as. Quarterbacks getting sacked left and right. The offensive run game is averaging like a yard per carry. It's just real surprising the offensive line didn't get any love. I texted you this earlier this week. They signed another DB. Uh, shout out West Virginia bounce back to Texas State. Uh, he's got like four years of eligibility left. Looks like he's going to be great addition to our team. Provided we're never on the field for the offense because, I mean, assuming this is our rotation, you're talking about three or four guys coming in every other play. Like, you know, what's up with that? I you'd rather have too many DBs and not enough. You're right because we haven't gotten any big boys lately, and I'm a little nervous because we don't have a true center. Not saying anybody can't step up into that role, uh, but a little limited on the big body side. I'd say you got some time. You got some time. Got some time. Yeah, I think 
what is it june it's like middle of june whatever insert middle of june date but that's like the next portal date and these guys are already tweeting like Ooh, i emoji i emoji and that's when everybody gets excited on twitter but if i see another skill player i'm gonna shake my head a little bit i need some yeah, big some ass yeah i get it i get it no but you got some you got offensive linemen they're not a dime a dozen but you can uh, seduce them to come here and offensive line is one of those positions that like the schemes I don't think are going to be that complex when it comes to like having to learn it. Um, so you, t- I think you totally could get a center in June and be fine by opening day. Best unit we had at the spring game, according to GJ, was the running back room. Uh, room we didn't see basically at all was the tight end position. If we don't have a true center and somebody has to fill in, takes another body off, right, obviously. And then you're going to have to use either a running back or a tight end as like that fifth blocker, essentially. So, I don't know. I think we're starting to show a little bit of our hand. We're peeking at our cards a little bit. God forbid. I've never seen a running back at Texas State throw a good block. That's the other thing. I've never I've never seen them throw a good block. So, that makes me nervous. You're right. I remember seeing Keenan Brown absolutely destroy somebody. <laughs> No, a blocking running back is hard to find at Texas State. A lot of undersized running backs. Cool. I think that's basically it, Zim. It was a nice check-in. And don't and uh, let's hope those cardiac cats pull through, man. Hell yeah, brother! Fear the monkey. Fear the reaper. You want to do a last-minute hoodoo voodoo on the team? Good vibes out there. Come on, cats! Let's go, cats! Kelly Dambis is focused on helping us have the best football program in the Sunbelt Conference. I can tell you in just a short time here, he's been instrumental in our recruiting. He was instrumental in the hiring of our football staff, and he's been instrumental in providing exposure for our football program. It's my pleasure to invite Dr. Kelly Dampus, or K-Damp, as some people know him, to come up and say a few words. Thank you, Donnie. The K-Damp is sticking around. Thanks for listening. New episodes out every Thursday. Follow the boys on Twitter. Eat them up. Eat them up.